Now tuning in to Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. inevitably closer to our fucking five-year anniversary now that it's november Ugh, stop gross no i will not <laughs> i will not um i will just continue to bring it up because it is the fact that this show could be starting kindergarten stop. is no <laughs> it's truly it's fucked, so up fucked up to me um i hate it and it makes me nervous inside yeah a little. totally for sure I know who this show is. I know the personality that it holds. And I also know that if this show as a little human went to kindergarten, um, I don't think you'd make friends very well. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) You know what we should do for our five year in addition to just have a blast as we always do on this program? In addition to secrets? Yeah, sure. We should look at our show's birth chart. Oh my god. Okay. Like when the episode dropped or when we had that weird brain crack call? Um, you know, whatever feels right to you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do when the episode dropped. Yeah. The the first episode. Yeah. That feels appropriate. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh yeah. That sounds like a fantastic idea. Hell yeah. I love that. Fuck yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. This is basic, and we've kind of talked about this previously, or you talked about it previously at least, but I'm sure. back on my Animal Crossing bullshit, <gasps> and I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to be I'm basic. Welcome. I'm not afraid. This is my truth, because... <laughs> Stand in it. I'm, I'm standing in my truth, because after so many years, years of my life of waiting, my man Brewster is back, baby. He is back. He's back. He will not let me be a barista, which is fucked up and cruel. <laughs> because that was my favorite part of New Leaf. <laughs> no That's joke. fair. But like, other than that, he's home. Yes. And I'm vibing and I'm having fun with this game, which I have not had, haven't touched in months. As most of yeah. us, I feel like, were in the same predicament. So much so that you just nuked your island, which is another <laughs> thing. I did not do that because that seems like a lot more work than I wanted to do. Yeah, well. Thank you. I can't wait to cook. I want to cook so bad. Oh my god. Ugh. It's been I love it so much. Um cooking has been my personal favorite part. I mean I love I love Brewster. I love that he gives me scalding hot coffee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I have to down it in one sip and then he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's like this that's it. Get out. <laughs> you are allowed to sit in the seat for approximately two minutes and now you must leave. But yes, the cooking is by far my favorite part because that was when I was playing New Horizons in the past me yeah when past me was playing right yeah. um <laughs> in the bef- in the before bits yeah um that was what I wanted the most mm-hmm. was to actually use the kitchen that I had created in my home yeah and now I can and I love that a lot um and all of the recipes are just so inventive they all look so, so delicious I want to eat everything. Oh my god! There. There's just there's one, and I haven't gotten it yet. But there's a there's a pretzel Ooh. that looks so good, Ooh. and it made me just I wanted a mall pretzel more right. than I could <laughs> just describe. Yeah, it's criminal. I've I've loved it. All of the little details are amazing, and I've I've been enjoying it. I think even though some of you might have you know been too cowardly to restart wow your island wow okay <laughs> all right you know not brave enough per se mm, sure um, and you decided to go and not ready to make your a islanders. Boss move like some <laughs> others could have you know yeah you wanted to go and face your islanders after months instead of you know ignoring <laughs> them and just starting over sorry i had the strength in me to look them all in the eye and said yeah it's been just- three fucking months and even There's then, no right way. before then, it was two months. And fuck it. You know what? I'm here. Motherfucker. There's no, there's no way. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a joy. It's having something consistent, you know? And I think that's, yeah, it's good. It's so good because like I, in the early days, like I had a morning routine of like just doing my little silly little tasks, you know? <laughs> 
and doing that and I totally went off but now that I'm back in the groove I'm like ooh, I'll do my silly little tasks I got I need to to go weed yeah I gotta like go pay off a debt and I gotta like you know (laughs) harvest some pumpkins that I've been growing or shake some trees or go buy a cool painting and I'm like yeah this is it yeah baby um so yeah I'm feeling feeling the vibes who knows how long it'll last hopefully long hopefully long but we'll see I'm not getting my hopes up this time. Yeah. But you know what? I'll take what I can get. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it for my mental health. Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is a preventative, like just a maintaining of, of serotonin, you know, just leveling it out. Whereas I feel like the last time that I was playing Animal Crossing, it was a, just a fucking like life vest. Yeah. It was just a life preserver. <laughs> yeah. In a time of uncertainty. Sure. And now I'm like, well, it's been two years. Yeah. You know, I know enough of, you know, what's it, what's going on. Right. It's not good, right. but I, I get it. It doesn't feel like an all-consuming abyss as much anymore, Yeah, and I, so. I'm not going to pour my heart and soul into this game because it's the only thing that's <laughs> consistent anymore. Yeah. And if I stop this, that means I'm a failure. Right. Right? Because that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's just a great way of thinking about things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I'm proud of you. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. I, I faced I faced it all and I'm here and I'm Living on island time, and we're having God bless. How are you doing, my dude? Oh, I'm living. Fuck yeah. I'm back in the, like, corporate world. Let's go, girl boss. So. A woman in STEM, (laughs) some could say. I am, I am officially a woman in STEM. um, (laughs) Woman in STEM, TM. T, I, yes, (laughs) you do have to add the TM. Yeah. um, Which has been great. I do have an update for you that, uh, since last week, I took your recommendation immediately. Thank God. <laughs> to <laughs> watch Tampa Bay's. Which also, um, listeners, if you are a long-term listener of this podcast, you know never happens. No, that does not. Never. <laughs> that does not. <laughs> and I've recommended probably a thousand things to Allie over the past five it years. It usually takes... This is maybe the on only good... thing that she is actually, <laughs> after me saying it, goes, all right, yeah, and then does it. Yeah, on a good on a good day, months. Right. On a bad day, <laughs> years. <laughs> years. Yes. I'll forget. I'll start something, recommend it to Cody, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I told you about that. Yeah. But when this last happened, it was like stormy as shit, and I had nothing else to do. And I was like, well, might as well start this. I need a little sunshine in my life, you know? I, need, I needed some sunshine, and so that was great. Fuck yeah. So, but I ran out of that quickly. Uh-huh. So I needed something else to watch. And I, so I have a show that I'm bringing to the space yes. this week. Very excited. It is unfortunately going on right now. So I, I'm going to sell you on this show. Sure. Not because it's advertised. This is not an advertisement. No. But I'm going to sell you on the show because it's everything that I love in life. Okay. But I don't want you to get your fucking hopes up and be like, yes, I'm going to watch all of this right now. Because I got my hopes up and then there was only one episode. Okay, so we're getting really early reactions So here. you are going to get in on it. Yeah. The show is called Yellow Jackets. Okay. All I knew about it, all that was told to me is it was a show about soccer and cults. Okay. And I was like, okay. I'm in. Yeah. That's that a was, great pitch. That, was, <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, literally all I needed. Yeah. Um. The best part is that it's so much better than this. Ooh. The premise, based on the first episode, is that it goes between 1996 and present day. Okay. Of this fate, like this this soccer team um, that is flying to nationals. Sure. Like from Jersey, flying to nationals in Seattle to compete. They're amazing. Great. Their small town hates their guts because they're women playing soccer. Sure. And this team, we're finding out just a little bit fruity, has some, like, major secrets. We don't know what they are yet, but they're kind of hinted at. Sure. And throughout this, when it's switching to the present day, there's these little clips of, like, the women that we see that were on the soccer team are immensely fucked up. Great. (laughs) Something has gone on. There's, like, news clips that we see in, like, People magazine that one of them's holding. Mm. There's, like, journalists that are coming up to their door being, like, you've never told your story before. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's said is that, like, during the flight to nationals, again, from Jersey to Seattle, hello, um, is their plane crashes, a la Lost. Okay. In the remote wilderness. It's saying north. I'm assuming it's, like, in Canada. We don't know yet. Mm -hmm. And... 
it's not said so far, but it's very overtly like said that there's some sort of like cult cannibalism thing happening. Cool. If that was not enough to pique your interest. Yeah, please tell me more. (laughs) The main cast in the present day includes Christina Ricci. Great. Juliette Lewis. Okay. Which I was like, hello, my mom. What are you doing? (laughs) My mother. My, My mom's here. What are you doing here? And last but certainly not least, Melanie Linsky, which you might know if you were anything like me. Um, from my personal favorite movie, Coyote Ugly. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm it's sold. It's a, a very interesting, like, pilot. I was hooked from, like, the first clip I saw. Yeah. And I will just say, I have obviously not seen this television program, but from the photos you have tweeted slash put in our show notes, everyone in, like, the 90s crew has, like, the best hair I've ever seen on top. Oh, my God. And every time that they're in the 90s, mm. it's, like, all... Fucking jock jams. It's like every song that you love from that time period. It's so good. Yeah. So I highly recommend watching it because like it's still going on right now. Very curious. I have no idea where this is going, but I'm I'm hooked. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That sounds great. We have just a little bit of current events. In a moose bouche. Just a just a little bit. Taste. Yeah. (laughs) Both of which I think are relevant to our main course of Spencer. Yes. Here. Our feast. Um, <laughs> our feast, yes. The little bit here, our first, is just a recap or an addition about Jamie Dornan and Belfast. Our man. It seems like he is starting or continuing his press tour mm-hmm. for this. And this piece from ET Online <laughs> is... Very much hitting on the fact that, like, Jamie Dornan is very happy that this movie is going to change people's perception that he is not the Fifty Shades Fifty Shades of Grey guy anymore. He is not horny anymore. He's a father, nope. and he just does serious and or fun things now. No sex. He's a dad. He's a dad. So, and he's playing a family man in this. It's in black and white, so you can't sexualize him. Yeah. So so don't even try, all right? (laughs) Which I think is an interesting turn of pace. I will say that when I went to go see Spencer, I wasn't sure what um, trailers I was going to get. I Mm -hmm. assumed very, like, Oscar-worthy Oscar buzz, yeah. Yeah. Um, And one of them was Belfast, and I haven't seen a movie in theaters in a really long time. Yeah. And I haven't seen the trailer for Belfast yet. It looks good, like it properly does look good. good. It does look quite good. And I think that not just is that like a massive change from <laughs> Jamie. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I don't think you still haven't seen Barb and Star. Yeah. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> okay. So aside from that, like his more like prestige oh. stuff, I guess, has been very crappy yeah. lately. And so I'm excited to see this as a change of pace. Um, but I also feel like this is some damage control for Miss uh, Jellicle Cat herself. Miss Jellicle Cat. <laughs> um, I don't like this. <laughs> but I'm also very excited to see him not have to pretend to speak. Like he gets to use his actual voice, right? An in this. actual accent, and yeah, not be stifled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from his true being. He gets to be his true self in this maybe not even acting per se we'll see i do love in this uh, piece though that <laughs> they make it a point to be like well jamie Dornan's harshest critics are actually his two daughters who make fun of him Fuck every time yeah. he sings around the house it's like hell yeah love that as they should be the the, the children that scammed him out of like 300 do- american dollars <laughs> yeah, to rent trolls, trolls world tour when he could have just got a screener because he was in that movie famously he's a literal movie star but you know what? I love it. Yeah, that's how it should be. Um, that's how it deserves to be. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, good on him for trying to desperately and continuously change his image. Mm-hmm. You know? Go off. Um, would you like to introduce us to just a little bit more case due engagement news? Absolutely. We are hot off the engagement train. And we're going to keep choo-chooing along. Thank you. As far as it goes. (laughs) Thank you. Um, No, thank you. Thank you. Um, No, thank you. And thank Kristen Stewart. (laughs) Yes, always. This piece comes to us from Teen Vogue. 
in which... Hi, Teen Vogue. Um, which is also a, a repurposing, I suppose, of a Vanity Fair piece. So whatever, all of media is the same. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Go off. But essentially, Kristen Stewart talking about her wedding plans and just wanting to, like, have a chill vibe at her wedding day. As she should. And to, quote, wear the best pair of Levi's ever and, like, an old t-shirt that has a tuxedo printed on of it. God bless. And I want that in my life so bad. Like, I can picture it. My brain, it's there. My mind palace, Mm -hmm. it's in here. (laughs) But I need it to be real because that is so good. Yes, 100%. There's two very clear things that I could see for her and Dylan's wedding. Yeah. Is one, a very private but expensive as shit wedding. Yes. Because of the sponsorship that she does with Chanel. Yeah. And so it's like she could essentially wear whatever she wanted for that, right? The other thing, which she describes and I feel like is more accurate, Mm -hmm. is jeans just out of her closet. Yes. And a tuxedo shirt. So And it's just either like... At an Airbnb yeah. or on the beach or at Ve- in yeah. Vegas. In like, Topanga, as she says. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, just in the middle of wherever is meaningful to them. I love this because I, I want whatever's best for them. And I think that's a very fun, chill vibe. But also, like, that picture of, like, Casey wearing just a pair of Levi's and a printed tuxedo t-shirt. <sighs> and Dylan wearing whatever the fuck she's wearing. Who knows? And then also Guy Fieri. <laughs> it's like the perfect storm and like a very beautiful chanel sponsored expensive as fuck who knows it's just like i need it i love it i want to be there i will not obviously but i would like right i just let me in (laughs) let us in yeah i think both of them feel accurate but i think as kristen says the levi's one just feels far more appropriate yeah for who she is at this time in her life. Yeah, she's a Levi's girl. And who are we to deny that? Yeah. Right, Come exactly. She just wants to get married in a chill way with as little stress as possible yeah. and have Guy Fieri there. Right. Is, that- is this so hard? Come on, America. Fam? Get with it. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're just trying to say here. Celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> Celebrity. Hey, they are. Speaking of which, Ooh. um, Celebrities being just like us. Okay, segue. <laughs> should we talk about um, both the most relatable and also the most unrelatable movie in quite a while, Spencer? Absolutely. Well, it's Spencer time, baby. It's Spencer time. I can't believe we're here, you know? Because we've been waiting for what seems like forever. And I've been talking like about this nearly every year. week every week for a year <laughs> plus, yeah. probably. And we're here. We've watched it. We're ready to dish. And it's here. <sighs> I will say, fam, happy Monday. I'm going to look you in the, I'm going to hold your hand if that's okay. <laughs> um, if you did not heed my warning mm-hmm. last week, this movie, <laughs> if you don't know anything about uh, Princess Di, yeah. hi, um, she's not alive anymore, first of all. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. To uh, second of all, this movie, albeit as it says very clearly in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, a fable. Fake. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a fable. It's it's just taking its own liberties here. Yeah. Um, talks a lot about Princess Di and both her mental health issues mm-hmm. and also her struggles with self-harm and eating disorders. Yeah. So. Quite explicitly. So there's going to be talk about that. And it's. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're not cool with that, hey, same. We get it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, we'll see you next week. Yeah. But. That is, it is impossible to talk about this film, or Diana, yeah. I would argue, right. without addressing those. So because of the fact that the movie does not give you an explicit warning about that, mm-hmm. now you know. We've got it. Do, <laughs> do what you need to. Proceed with caution and do whatever is best for you. Yeah. Could you tell me about the atmosphere in which you saw this film? Um, I saw this film yesterday. I am hot Great. off the Spencer Press right now um i went to a theater i have not been to since miss rona miss newton just (laughs) weaved her way down into here it's like a little step up from like a regal or an amc kind of vibe but it's still like not a art house kind of theater um but it was Mm. packed and i've been to a couple of movies in theaters since 
things have started opening up again and since being vaccinated and all those things. But this was probably the most densely packed audience I've been in Whoa. since all of that. Maybe one other was kind of similar. But yeah, it was the the girls and the gays really showed up um, <laughs> for this uh, Discount Tuesday showing of Spencer. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. I love that. That is wild. So I saw this on Friday and... This was the first movie I have seen where here in the Seattle area, um, you are, it's not required anymore for there to be like a seat open. Yeah. Between. Mm-hmm. Same here. And that's, first of all, wild because yeah. I enjoyed that. Right. That was actually pretty uh, sick. <laughs> that was actually. Regardless uh, of any of this. Like. Yeah. I would prefer that um, in general. So that was odd um but also we went to a movie theater that in general has like smaller theaters yeah anyways mm-hmm. so it felt more dense so it felt like there were more people in there than there might have been yeah. but there was specifically one person i think two people behind me that as they came in they were talking they were like did you know that kristen stewart's in this like uh when was the last time that you saw kristen stewart in this and i like my head ripped <laughs> back and i was like did you ask me do you want because I can tell you every movie she's motion picture she's been in in the last five years. I can tell you <laughs> it that. It has been my responsibility for my whole life to know that. So I can tell you. But it had been a really long time since I had seen a movie in mm-hmm. person. And also one where there weren't um, almost like dividers between each row. Yeah. It was like a this was like a regular regular movie theater. Right. And so there were a couple times where people got up to like refill their drinks and it just felt so distracting. Mm. I was like, I am trying to watch this woman self-destruct. Yeah. Can you not put your ass in my face? Yeah, please, please and thank you. Kind of get swept away by this tragedy. Please. Yeah. I'm trying to like see all of these delicate dishes be yeah. prepared please don't step on my toes thank you yeah. also too i feel like the the theatrical aspect of it really does bode well for for the film because it is such a like claustrophobic inducing movie yes like it is a very oh my like tight like holding your breath kind of film <sighs> that's very stressful intentionally obviously but like it definitely does like make your senses heighten on everyone around you and like your own situation and where you are, you know? And it's just, I a hundred percent agree. I think that I am a fan of movies being released on at home on the same day as in theaters, regardless. Sure. Um, because captions. Yeah. And yeah. As of right now, so many accessibility open captioning, reasons, you know, like, um, you know. Open captioning is like was not available for this, mm-hmm. and also uh, Newton is right. a thing. Um, but I think that one thing that added to the intensity of watching this was having to be masked mm-hmm. while it, yeah, because I was acutely aware of not just my surroundings but of my breathing, and I don't know that that would have come across in. The intensity of the film. Like, the film would have been intense if I had watched it at home. Yeah. But I think that the, oddly, the timing and, like, the environment and the timing were Mm -hmm. weird. They complemented each other in a way that I don't know I would have noticed if I had watched this at home. Yeah. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. So, that claustrophobic thing I I noticed as well. And I was like, holy shit. Like, that's, you can't really plan for that when you're, because of the fact that making a film takes so many years in advance. Um, but it's just one of those things that I don't know that I would have said that for other films. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be like, wow, the Jungle Cruise. Like, that really added to the right. <laughs> It's so, like I was there. Like, <laughs> I was on the cruise. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I am the big um, worm in Dune. That's me. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hit as hard. I don't. Think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, right, right off the bat, aside from the fact that this is a fable, yes, um, which I think is important to get across because, like, it doesn't say that in the trailer, and I think that is important for it. That is an important like disclaimer right off the bat. Yeah, and I think too, <laughs> like, it's so good that he puts it out there in the front too because I do think that 
like the way it's marketed and all those things and just even the phrase a princess diana biopic you know is like yeah it gives a certain amount of expectation there that is clearly what not this movie is not providing you know it is not a traditional (laughs) biopic in any sense of the word it is very much fantastical and very much playing into a fairy tale slash a nightmare sort of sensibilities inspired by a real person and i think like a lot of people especially like maybe a lot of older people that love princess die and are like just going to see a biopic are not going to get that until they see that little hundred percent from the jump yeah it's just like whoa 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 like before you watch this before you get angry you need to know this is a favorite like don't be mad at me because i told you i told you right and i think that that is that's critical for a lot of different things about this film yeah not just because of the fact that it's so much in three different days mm-hmm. or in three days consecutively. Yeah. But also, there's so many interpretations of those three days. Yes. And there's so much responsibility mm-hmm. um, to tell that story. And I think that it was smart um, for him because of the fact of Pablo was like, Hey, so I know that the crown is supposed to be like historical and truthful. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> Princess Diana is um, now canonically six <laughs> three. Yeah, and she's a f- fucking beautiful woman. Absolutely. Um, we're gonna have our our own beautiful woman here. Um, but also, we are going to tell Diana's truth. Mm-hmm. Is that the objective truth? Right. No, because you know it is her personal truth. Right. And I think that that is a Honestly, it's a smart way to market anything. Right. Because it's like, is it a fable? Maybe. Right. <laughs> but it could also be her truth. Like, yeah. you know, there's not really a specific way to have objective truth given what we see in this film, which is that she is going through massive breakdowns. Yeah, like total psychosis. Yeah. 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 And how would you be able to determine what is an quote, like objective truth right. in that moment? It is really like a, a feeling first kind of film in that way. Oh my god! Like, yeah, and I think it it does. It is a pretty interesting like dichotomy, and because like we're in a very weird like uptick of Princess Diana adaptations in this last year and upcoming year. Like we have that stupid Netflix musical that I've not watched, but whatever. But like we have uh, the Crown coming up, and then we have like all these different. And there's other. There's been like documentaries and like stuff from her own words, kind of things, and so many ways that this story has been told. And it just feels like so much, and it feel it can be feel very overwhelming, especially for a story that we'll never truly know, object quote unquote objectively, yes. right? And like I think taking the lens and taking a pivot of let's just like kind of pull out these like very guttural very forefronted feelings that seem to be present from all of the actual historical things that we have witnessed and are knowledgeable about and twist that and like sort of make our own assumptions and projections in a way that's maybe not too dissimilar from our own but also could be very who knows um is a really cool way to like just sort of shatter that weird bubble that we're in of just like let's keep talking about princess Diet, which like i love but also it does lead to a lot of like overlap in a way that I think this breaks from in a really cool way. A hundred percent. Cause I think that the saying it's feelings first feels incredibly accurate. Cause I think that that's so much of what this movie is. Yeah. I found myself quite a bit throughout it. Like <laughs> I'm covering my face and it's like my face was literally already covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like, I wanted to just like, hide yeah because of the fact that what i was witnessing felt so vulnerable that it was like i'm not supposed to see this yeah and it so much of i mean there's obviously dialogue in this but it's not a dialogue heavy not at movie all. no and i think that one of the reasons that i found that to be so successful is because of a lot of what we see is just emotions and i don't know that for a lot of this over those three days, one, a lot of these characters, and Diana specifically, is being intentionally isolated. So, like, there's not a lot that is being said aloud. Mm -hmm. But also, it's it's becoming clearer to her that, like, one, words aren't safe. Yeah. And also, it doesn't seem like 
she is able to adequately like put her feelings into words Mm -hmm. by the end more more so um but especially towards the beginning it's just like i don't there's just so much that's almost just like pouring out of her yeah um and she's just like struggling to keep in which sucks yeah i do think it's interesting on that point like this is sort of a theme with pablo ron's work over the last five-ish years, right? Like, he... And also, it's important to note that he famously doesn't really write his own films, usually. He is largely the director for the last couple of big films that he's done. He's not write Spencer. Um, he didn't write Jackie, which is a very similar kind of movie. Um, and sad Women. Yeah, Sad Yeah, and Emma, and also, which <laughs> came out finally this year, um, did not write that also. But the way that he directs all three of those, like, he is very good at pinpointing women on to quote like on the verge of a nervous breakdown like (laughs) that kind of vibe and like having that singular like overwhelming like uh compulsion of it i guess is like in the (sighs) way that there is like there are secondary characters and they're even like very prominent characters that are not the main but like those feel really inconsequential to the just being inside the brain of these women specifically die in this but like the way he does it is very interesting and that laser focus on it that feels like very overwhelming and feels like all consuming because like in similar ways that she cannot escape her own conditions and her own situation you feel trapped in that by watching it in a way which is very a hundred percent yeah and i think that that was something i didn't quite pick up on prior to watching this when we had looked at the casting Mm -hmm. but it comes across really clearly when you're watching this which is that all of the characters who you would consider to be massively more, um, quote, like, important yeah. than Diana are completely in the background in this movie. Yes. And totally. it feels very intentional. Like, no, they were all cast, and I don't – these folks might be famous, <laughs> but, like, right. I don't – the – Folks that they cast for Charles, for the Queen, mm-hmm. for Prince Philip, I don't know any of them. And even if I had, I don't know that I would have paid attention because the way that this film was shot, you only really notice Diana, the two sons yes. of William and Harry, mm-hmm. and then the obviously Maggie. Yes. That's there. And like Darren, obviously, because it's like, The way I imagined it, (laughs) in a kind of, like, fucked up way, um, is very similar. It's kind of like um, the people who are in her, like, vision. Like, if you imagine, like, seeing out of Diana's eyes, it's like, those are the people that she can, like, see. Mm -hmm. And anyone else in her peripheral, we don't really notice in there. Which is, I, I don't know that I've really seen that in a film before. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, it feels very... It's um, uh, it's something that I... Like, the, the more that the I had thought about it, kind of I enjoyed. Are, feel very um, just like... Just from like a crafting a way, level. Like but I will say this movie... They just feel like st- they could be stand-ins for everyone. <laughs> uh, or, or it's fucking sad. There's not really that same... Yes, I mean, yeah, it's fully sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there... What I will say is there were quite a few points, more than I expected, where I did laugh. So I will give them that. Oh my god, yeah. Case 2 is so fucking funny in this. And she outside is. of being incredibly <laughs> tragic and incredibly good, like there are very like very good moments of levity in here that I think she she carries very well. Um it's definitely the minority of this movie, but they are 100%. welcome when they come, you know. Yes. Um one of the moments that <clears throat> comes to mind for me that I I loved even though it is in and of itself a heartbreaking moment is um when she wakes up William and Harry and um it, it must be like late into Christmas Eve mm-hmm. um and they're doing the like soldier oh, bit it's so with good. the candles yeah it's and they're so all just good playing with each other and like trying to just forget everything and just having being like what christmas presents like what's your favorite part of being here and they're like i love being with my family and she's like i told you to tell the truth (laughs) 
I think the reason why I loved it is like that to me is Kristen acting in a nutshell. It just felt like her. Yeah. And very genuine. I, there's not a lot of times in films nowadays where we get to see her with kids Mm -hmm. and it in and of itself was so joyous. Yeah. And I feel like as a kid, if that was like a real memory that they based off of, Mm -hmm. that would have been like one of the best moments. Yeah. Especially that weekend, right? Because, like, that isn't, that's a shitty holiday for kids. Yeah. It seems like a, a bad time for everyone involved, but especially those kids. <laughs> yeah. It just seemed so boring. They're but so I think cold that, like, and they're hungry. <laughs> and they're just, like, not wanting to hang out with their weird family members. Yeah. Um, but near the end of it, it's just, like, the, especially there was a, I, can't, I didn't write it down, um, but there was that part where Harry and, Diana are like um, saying like oh I think she's sad about the past and it's like mm-hmm. no I think it's sad about the present yeah and it was like fuck dude like yeah. <laughs> I can't deal with this right now it's so it's so tender and so sad yeah and it's the way of describing it that you the way that she's being honest mm-hmm. but in using simple terms for them, right. just fucking broke me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh. like, no. I can't do this. Uh, I can't go on. <laughs> no, I, I cannot do this. Um, so that killed me. Um, there was there are, uh, like, so many awfully tender moments in mm-hmm. this. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, but God damn if this thing isn't sad. <laughs> like, God, it is overwhelmingly sad. I cannot just stress from, that enough. Like, from the jump, just immediately, um, the fact that, like, the first thing that Diana says is, like, where the fuck am I? Like, yeah. I <laughs> so, literally just gets lost because she wants just to drive lost. herself and doesn't want her security detail and just wants to fucking be left alone for a goddamn second and immediately gets lost. It's so good. And that's... <laughs> One, that's so heartbreaking yeah. because the idea that she is what seems like theoretically next door to her childhood home. Yeah. Like, may, there's a field, right? Yeah, but can like, literally next door. see it, though. Like, can see yeah. the fence, can see the home, all boarded up and sad looking. And the idea that you cannot, that you have, like, lost your way back to your childhood home. Yeah. Is unfathomable to me. Yeah. Like, that that in and of itself is heartbreaking. Um, and I think it's very clear in this how much um, the public loves her, which is, is the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and is ultimately, like, the downfall of these three days. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it is just so sad to watch this, knowing this is someone that the public the general public anyways, relates to. They mm-hmm. see this woman as, like, one of us, even though, like, the truth is, is that she was rich. Like, right. she came from a rich family. Yeah. Um, just a different kind in a very different yeah, circumstance. Just a, yeah. yeah, she's just not, quote, like, royal uh-huh. in and of herself. Um, and yet, as soon as she gets there <laughs> and, like, you know, pushes it into the last possible minute to the fact that, like, the doors are fucking closed when she gets there. Yeah. Um, is just, like, every possible piece of joy is just drained Mm -hmm. from her. Yeah. And it's just, man, (laughs) that's relatable, but you don't want it to be relatable. Um, I, I was curious to know what your thoughts were on Darren and his whole, like, kitchen staff, because I was amazed by that. Yeah, he is truly one of like the standouts for me in this because 100%. he is sort of like the only like adversary or liaison to any of uh, Diana's fucking anything that she's feeling right now. Because, anything. Because <laughs> yeah. her own fucking husband doesn't give a shit. Her own fucking, fucking family Charles. doesn't give a shit. Like none of the guards or the staff, except that new one who's kind of like sort of picking it up, but not the one that she was expecting to have, you know? Yeah. And, like, is trying his best to, like, communicate anything to her um, and having any sort of solace with each other. Um, But, like, the way he, like, holds himself is so good and the way that he's just, like, listening, really just having a space 
for her to just like talk shit and just like feel as worthless as she feels he's just so good i was just like i couldn't stop looking at him i was like oh and he just wants to make like the beautiful tart that she loves (laughs) even though she's not gonna eat it and all those things and like ah it's just, just so heartbreaking their dynamic it is, especially because of the fact that, like, he was trying to warn her mm-hmm. about everything that she says mm-hmm. here. And also trying to make it, like, adamantly clear to her that the... I think that was the part that, like, really broke me, is the fact that, like, when he says the staff sit <laughs> sit there and they don't laugh at her. Yeah. Oh like, God. when yeah. they laugh at everyone else, but they don't laugh at her. Mm-hmm. They're worried about her. Yeah. And I was like, dude, come on. Don't do this like, to me. Don't. Please don't do this. I think that was something I I don't know that I was adequately prepared for was, like, Darren and his whole team and how, like, um, really just, like, the military. <laughs> like, God. how like, it was from so set up. fucking scene and you see yes. that, like, haunting fucking sign in the kitchen that's like be quiet because they can hear you they're listening to yeah and like that is something that is like echoed throughout the entire thing but even just like establishing on that being like you can't fucking say shit without someone snitching right like there's there's that like unnerving and unsettling like like aura around everything that's just like you can't actually be yourself, which is how Diana feels all the time being there, right? right. But like, especially in and they moments, won't say it to your face. No, of course, because someone else, right? Like, they're going to be something. coy, or they're going to like pass on to someone else who's going to rat you out or whatever. But like, yeah, even in moments where she does get sort of levity, like um, hang out with her young boys, or like having little girl talk with Maggie, and like all those things, like <sighs> those things are now just like um, ammunition against her because right. there's that constant thing or even having her windows closed and like shut closed oh my god right like those are constant reminders that she is not herself and she's not her own autonomous person and she's operating under a system so that part fucking killed me god um like so (laughs) the idea this home is like on a is fucking around there's a moat around it yeah like it's it's supposed to be big (laughs) castle it's supposed to be fucking like impenetrable yeah and yet there is this talk from the new the new dude Mm -hmm. who's like we gotta keep shit under lock y'all got paparazzi Um, up in here there's paparazzi i'm here to just clean up and make sure that they don't see your your giblets or anything like yeah um and rather than like us doing something about it we're just gonna blame you yeah because you're you're the the problem problem. yeah Yeah, because you make all Um, the flashy headlines (laughs) yeah and that is the idea that one she how dare she um have her windows and she wasn't even having her windows open it was like they have those fucking carpets (laughs) carpets right. <laughs> and then they have the like little sheer bits and she had the carpet open and not the sheer bits so yeah. it's like Come on. eat shit yeah um <laughs> like it's fine um but what killed me was when they like fucking stapled the oh, the curtains closed i have never wanted to like rip off my skin more i like yeah wanted i could not i couldn't do it oh I definitely that and I mean the the symbolism of the pearls throughout all of this oh, really underscored the absolute claustrophobia that she's feeling. Yeah, fully just throughout choked this. by all of this. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate, right? Because like there's so much um, that's accurate. Uh-huh. Like she she is being like. Um, she is being squeezed yeah. by so many different areas. And then naturally, when it's like you are never able to figuratively or literally exhale yeah. in a space where you don't feel safe, when you're not allowed to be yourself, mm-hmm. that's going to manifest into like talking to your son on Christmas Day about if he like <laughs> notices um, if you know, your husband's mistress is looking at you. Like, it's going to manifest into these paranoia um, thoughts. And that's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. um, And a bummer. So, 
Yeah. One thing I definitely did not expect, both from the trailer or in general, mm. were was the whole Anne Boleyn. Oh, Miss Anne Boleyn, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real like twist. Yeah, featured player me. Anne Boleyn. Everybody, welcome to the stage. Anne Boleyn is way here. more than just like one-off dream. Yeah, not like a vision, like multiple, like motifs of Anne Boleyn being very yeah. deliberately involved in her breakdowns. Yeah. Which is that, like a like good Mr. parable for sure. Like it makes, 100%. and the way that she contextualizes it and rationalizes it in her own brain, like makes a lot of sense because she feels just as vindicated and she feels like that is ne- coming up next um, correctly, like, like in some yeah, sort of way, you wrong. know, she's not, inc- she's not wrong, but um, it does like totally like, further this spiral of paranoia and fully um which is not again not incorrect but does like not help you know her her understanding of the situation um yeah reading that fucking giant ambulance book in bed every night like (laughs) just like what else do you have to do yeah you know she's studying up you know she's just doing some reading the queen's not gonna put tvs in here right you know like, there's not going to not do anything fun. Yeah, just do some light reading, you know. <laughs> just some light tome reading. Yeah. Um, we would be remiss to talk about the fact that it caught me off guard yeah. happily while watching this. And naturally, based on the text that I got from you, yeah. caught you off guard. Um, Y'all, this movie Maggie, is gay as fuck. <laughs> um, this movie hello. is a... F- hello. Mm. Is a fruity little fable. <laughs> Truly, honestly, more blindsiding than the literal visions of Anne Boleyn, <laughs> the dead Anne Boleyn. Is yeah. Miss fucking Maggie, Miss, what is it, Sally Hawkins? Hawkins. Miss Sally Hawkins, my queen. We stand. Queen of the water, queen of the fish fuckers. We love to see it. <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> am I wrong? Allie, no, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? Um, just at the tail end a little bit just being like because she's she's great in this i think she her character and her performance i think is really solid because she's again like similar to mr chef man um is like the only person she can freely talk to or have anything until she's like very much stripped away from that because they're talking too much Um, right of course but so much more jarring than fucking amba lynn just showing up from the crypt is is her being like yeah i'm in love with you like in the gay way like in the fruity hand my wrist is limp (laughs) like i am signaling to you yes yeah like let's run away together baby like i i want to take you to the ocean and or to the sea and just confess my love to you yeah love it just and the way that Kristen giggles i cannot it's, i cannot it it seems like she's into it you literally know? like the vibe diana are doesn't say no diana does so, not say no diana's just like shocked in a good way she's flattered giggling and she's and very, running on the beach yeah they're having fun and she writes a little fucking love note to die in her glove <sighs> compartment and she's like how fucking yeah it's beautiful. It's beautiful. One of it's the only gay. times. <laughs> one of the only times that we get to see, and also the fit Diana's wearing when she's at the beach. Oh my hello. god! So good. All of these fits the, are phenomenal. The costuming here is incredible. It's amazing. But when she's like able to be in her more casual fits, like when she's doing that dancing with like her sons in like the Ugh. the white turtleneck and the jeans oh my God. you know like when she's yeah. able to do like the typical like casual diana looks are it's yeah. so good yeah when this goes out to more of a general public tiktok's gonna fucking eat it up yeah it's over the for your page is gonna be all princess diary yeah. creation fits again because <laughs> near the end um when because when Diana finally gets into her house and somehow doesn't die. Yeah, miraculously, um, it does not die. Because I, for a hot second there, thought that they put Fable there and Pablo was just going to let her die in that house. Yeah. Because um, it was not looking good. Yeah. Um, there was that whole, like, mo- uh, like flashback montage mm-hmm. moment. 
Um, and we get to see a whole bunch of different fits, just lots of the dancing oh. that the trailer talked about, yeah. but we hadn't seen any dancing so far. Right. We hadn't seen like any context around them too. And like, no. surely does a full fashion show of all those fits of like dancing around a sometimes joyously, sometimes very stressed out. Um, but in yeah. a way to like shake off the juju, I guess. Um, yeah. Including, but not limited, the yellow suit Ooh. that we had seen so in good. the that trailer. Cool hat, that cool little hat. <laughs> yeah, and it was, I had been waiting the whole time. I was like, where is this cute little yellow number going to yeah, come from? Right. And it was just in the flashback and then ultimately lands up on the scarecrow. Yeah. Because um, fuck Which yeah. feels appropriate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did appreciate that because so much of the trailer was like running, dancing, yeah. and then it's ultimately like most of the movie is a very um, still and very like pin drop kind of vibes. And then you have that yeah. like one big moment of somehow an exhale, I guess you could say. Yeah. Even though it feels uh, not great to watch. You know? No, it's not great. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a little, there's, yeah, there's most of it is just me like not being able to breathe because it's yes. like Diana, what are you doing with wire cutters? Right. Yeah, come on, put it down. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with these? I do appreciate too on that note of you saying like thinking that she's gonna die in that house. I do like the way that this movie ends. Like I, th- in my oh. heart of hearts, when I was watching her drive away with her boys in her car, I was like, uh oh, Diana does not have a good track record with moving vehicles. <sighs> I don't think yeah, this is going to end well. And, like, I had a pit in my stomach. Like, I've had the whole fucking movie. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Literally. This is, this is too happy. This seems too good. Like, of a it was way too happy. Ending. Um, but they didn't end with anything like that. Um, but I it think was it was a... So happy. Yeah, it was happy. But also, like, it's still that somber, melancholy feeling of, like, just that silence and that, like, empty space and sort of the realization of everyone... And the realization of everything that happened over the weekend is, like, as sad thematically in that moment, you know, of that just being, like, oh, we got to, like, process this. And this is something that's just, like, going to be a cloud over our heads for a while and it could be the rest of our lives, however long God, when be. she's got that hat on and she's staring at the bridge oh. and it's just that, like, this is a moment yeah. of peace. But I also know that I just took you all after almost killing myself right like literally standing in front of guns yeah (laughs) um while y'all eat kfc (laughs) yeah like there's this moment of peace where you all are eating kfc which first okay first of all pause no shade to william and harry yeah who the fuck orders kfc with soda fine but orange juice yeah too that's pretty psychotic (laughs) that's just that's literally it's like kids do whatever you want. You have your own <clears throat> choices, whatever. But orange But yeah, juice? she's still ugh. she's still standing there, not eating, even though she bought KFC for herself. Yeah. She's not eating it. She's standing there looking at the bridge, just knowing like I have so much shit to answer for when I get back. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't wanna go. Yeah. <laughs> like and it hurts, but it's like yeah. the kids are finally like, damn, I get to eat. So yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. I do it's, think, too, um, it would be remiss to not talk about, like, the cinematography up in here and the production design. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Because this this was shot by Claire Math- Mathon. Mathon? I don't know how to mm. pronounce I don't know French. Whatever. Um, who famously did. How dare you not know French? Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And which, Atlantics, okay. which were, uh, she really had a banger 2019. And her God coming bless. back out with this uh, is great. And the way, like the use of color here is very great, right? Because a lot oh of it God. feels flat, not in like a derogatory way or a way that's like not full of It feels very appropriate. Dimension. It feels appropriate, but there are like beautiful moments of color throughout here that are like jaw dropping. Like even seeing that. Like, the still we've seen for the poster for the longest time Ugh. has been her, like, hunched over with her big, beautiful dress against, like, a black backdrop on the poster, which is gorgeous. And we were freaking out about it when it came out. But seeing it come to life in the movie and actually mm. being against a bright blue tile bathroom and her leaning over a toilet, like, 
the way that is framed, the way it is like <clears throat> like immediately brought up, like in in the most jarring of ways, and like sort of yeah. melting that, you know, veneer. I suppose you have like getting this elegant poster, and then just seeing like it's actually a very deeper reality. It's like so good. And that moment too, I have been pretty intentional because I of not talking about a lot of the self harm bits. Just yeah. like it's devastating. Yes. And I think that Kesu, unfortunately, does a very authentic job. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of moments, especially in the, like, after hours in the kitchen yeah. that just fucking broke my heart. Like, when the new guy comes down is like, oh, are you still hungry? It was like, mm-hmm. sir, I have spent room, years. <laughs> <laughs> um like, and I think the second, maybe the first time that happens, when she gets, like, violently angry. Yeah. Um, it just, oh, God. Um, it's like, I am in therapy yeah. for this. Yes. Um, <laughs> for this exact thing. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, so, good job, I guess. Right, you um, did it very <laughs> successfully, for sure. But I think... One of the things that broke me during all of these things um, that are happening to Diana is in that uh, when she is in the titular dress mm-hmm. um, in the tile bathroom and she thinks Maggie's there. Yeah. And it's not. It's the two women that she initially saw and talked to about the pearls. Mm-hmm. And it, just the utter like betrayal when she realizes Maggie's not there. First of all, fruity. Yes. Second Hello. of all, <laughs> um, second of all, it was just heartbreaking to see, and I think that a lot of the, um, a lot of that, uh, this movie feels like that of just like this. She gets this like one moment of like someone's here. Mm-hmm. I can relax for a second, and then that's immediately taken away. Yeah. Um, and. It hurts because it's supposed to. <laughs> right. And it's like intentionally destabilizing for everyone yeah. involved. Right. But naturally, if that is something, if that is a feeling that you know personally, mm-hmm. watching this is fucking hard. Yeah. 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 Um, Not great. <laughs> but I think that. This movie does a good job in not just showing that on screen, but. Mm, Bringing that off screen, like making you actually feel that, which is not easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I don't know that I could watch this again. Yeah. Just because it hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that this movie lived up to what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I would be shocked Given that how much of this movie is feels like a one woman show, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if if she does not win an Oscar. Yeah, I think we're gonna see a, a big sweep over the next couple awards shows, and yeah, stuff like that, and hopefully that that Academy Award. But who knows? Oh, I mean, well, people you, love to give will... historically Academy voters love to give Best Actor slash Actress awards to people that play dead. Famous people, so and they do love the especially royals. if they're we British, right? Especially if they're British, especially if they're royal. I think the the odds are pretty good. <laughs> and not even that, like we know that that's a shoe in, but this is like, even if this wasn't case dude, this is a genuinely good performance. No, yeah, I mean a hundred percent. Like that's not knocking but, her because she is fantastic in this. Like truly, I believe that she is one of the best performances I've seen this year. Um, but I do think and it doesn't also, hurt that she's also playing someone that is very sympathetic to Oscar voters. A hundred percent. And I think it's a testament to the fact that we haven't mentioned it at all. Yeah. I completely forgot that she was doing an accent. Yeah. Like, I just, like, I think it took me, like, a couple of minutes. And then I was like, I don't, I, <laughs> I didn't, I was like, yeah. this is just Kristen. It's, it's truly, just, a, like, a transcendent of yeah. Her own, which I think is hard. Like, in other movies we've seen in her before this, like, it's very easy to be like, oh, that's Kristen Stewart, you know? Like, yeah. this, though, feels very much like she is, like, keyed in, in that way. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
I completely agree. I mean, we joked about that $12,000 wig, but like, right. it did something, so. Yeah, it did to communicate that, uh, that she's hurt. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you know, good job to all involved. Oh, yeah. Claps. And if you want to, good job. Um, I understand why you got a standing ovation, and if you need us for Oscar coverage, we're here. So We are available, you know, so just think about it. We will make time. Uh, <laughs> um, next week, though, we are back to our regular scheduled content. Hell yeah. We have chapters 7 and 8 of Frostbite, and when we left off, uh, Miss Rose had gotten a fat black eye, so yes. we get to see the ramifications of that. <laughs> yeah, so. it's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we have some fantastic patrons to thank. Hell yeah. Would you like to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you to Katie Black. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you to Kylie Minty. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Shout out Mickey Meyer. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Ooh. 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 Thank you to Mulch. Gray. Mulch. Mulch. Thank you to our unofficial intern, Taylor. Uh, Brown. Uh, Town. Uh, Plotner. Yes. <laughs> Thank you Thanks. to Danae Swan. Woo! Thank you to Jasmine Anastasia. Burp, burp, burp. Burp. Thank you to Cassandra Bomer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you to Megan Pattinson. Oh, wow. Thank you to Cassandra O'Shea. 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 Spooks! <laughs> Spooks is crying in the background. I love Spooks it. Spooks is really excited. He just he wants, wants his to, voice to be heard. He, he wants to, to say, say thank you. Thank you to Rachel Seeker. Thank you to Alexandra Ozera. Ooh. You almost have my name. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to Aaron Weber. Thank you to Clara Belikov. Ooh. 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 Thank you to Katya Karp. Ooh. Ooh. Shout out Maddie Facinelli. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Thank you to my mom, your oh. mom, all of oh. our moms. Kelly Ooh. Beck. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Thank you to Laura Forty. Ooh. Oh. Thank you to Abby Penn. Ooh. 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 Thank you to Catherine Hathaway. Ooh. And last but certainly not least, thank you to Zan. Nope. Mm. Nope. <laughs> Dan Zeklos. Hell yeah. There's two Z's next to each other, and I like to blend words together. Sure. Shout out, Dan. Hell yeah. Thank you, Dan. Um, I have a fan fiction here Fuck that yeah. is hot off the presses. It oh, was sent yeah. in by Taylor Brown, downloader. Mm-hmm. What twisted scheme has Taylor brought on to this us this is week? From, I will say, a pretty fucking cursed little crossover section, oh. Taylor. This is from the Garfield and Littlest Pet Shop crossover section. Hey, Taylor. Hey. <laughs> I, so we're getting a little, I, a little, little off bounds. I would say a little, little <laughs> off sides here. We are um, going. I just want to reiterate how much we appreciate you and your good work here. <laughs> but at some point, I feel like we're getting a little too off course here, Taylor. You do great work for Thank me because it means that I don't find have to find fan picture, But also, what the fuck? But at what um, cost, this, Ellie? At what cost? But also, yes. Um, this is by all genres dead. Prague alone remain. That's all in one word. Great. Um, this is <laughs> titled <clears throat> Gesta Lazonorium sure. or the Deeds of Garfield and Blythe Baxter. Here is the summary for you. Garfield the cat, in case you were unaware, is somehow transported from the comforts of home and lasagna to downtown city, where Blythe Baxter, employee at the Littlest Pet Shop, seeks closure on the fate of her mother. Together, the two and their companions must march into the dark of a Northwoods ghost town for the answer. So, great. This is chapter <laughs> So this is from chapter five, mm-hmm. which I was recommended by Taylor. Personally. 
this is where Garfield is explaining why, <laughs> explaining to Blythe why he is here. <sighs> I'm just going to read this. As I have already related Garfield's journey in preceding chapters in my own words, I have condensed his account to primarily consider details that fell through the cracks of mine. And this starts dialogue from Garfield. The other night, I had a dream in which I desired to send a kitten I particularly hate with a passion to a city far away from John, Odie, and me. I had oft tried to send him by airmail to Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates and later to the North Pole after John had banned me from sending him to Abu Dhabi. The kitten's name is Nermal, and he often proclaims himself the world's cutest kitten. Anyway, in this dream... Odie and I had built a programmable teleporter in John's garage, and both of us were playing in the yard. But when we heard Normal approaching, we hid in the bush, but to no avail. He saw us, and after a brief argument, we prevailed upon him to take him to the teleporter. I decided to use Odie as a test case, but an accident sent both of us far away before Normal's eyes. End scene. Wow. All right, so I'm just going to, um, don't mind me, I'm just going to block uh, Taylor Brown's email address <laughs> to our Gmail. Just real quick. Is any of this, can it, is normal a thing in, Gar- I apparently, I am going to announce this because this Garfield is Garfield illiterate. Space. I'm illiterate to Garfield's canon, apparently. Yeah, normal's, normal's real. Normal's the... Normal's real? Normal's real. Normal's like the gray, small lady cat. Sure. You know, the small lady cat. I don't know actually Normal. if it's a lady. It just has big eyelashes, which <clears throat> in, in cartoon speak means it's a lady. I don't think... I don't know if it's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, Normal. I, we all know Normal. <laughs> this, Taylor, in the kindest way possible, this feels like a level 500 fanfiction, and I need you to scale back to like a yeah. level 100 fanfiction. Yeah. Preferably within some sort of canon. Yeah. I have a lot to study on before we meet next week. <laughs> I have, I feel thoroughly unprepared for the first time in my life. Wow. So, love that. And I don't like that on my own show. So I need to go <laughs> apparently study up on Garfield lore. Yeah. So I'll see you all next week. Um, but as we say in the Pacific Northwest. Get bit. And get normaled, I guess. I guess. I guess. Ooh. Into the Twilight is an Earbud Media production. You can follow us on Twitter at Into the Twilight or on TikTok at Into the Twilight Show. You can find me at Cody Corral on Twitter and Allie at Alexandria Does. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash into the twilight. We have merch, so much stuff. All those links are in the episode description. And make sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast hosting platform. It really helps the show. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media, audio for everyone.